Hey y'all, uh, it's me Ed. I just wanted to get a quick shout out to all of you who watched the uh, Triple G Canelo event. I missed it. I was watching the UFC Pittsburgh event. Um, so before I do my recap of uh, this weekend's events uh, for the MMA Afterthought podcast, I was just wondering the opinion of all you guys listening on Anchor. Who did you think won the Triple G Canelo boxing match last night? Um, if anyone watched it, let me know what you thought. Um, please try to keep it clean. Call in if you're on Anchor. Just call in and, uh, you know, I'll add it to the podcast later. Um, from what I'm hearing, uh, the judges really screwed the, the pooch on that one as far as just ruining what, what was a good fight. Um, the highlights that I saw uh, seemed to favor Triple G more. But um, if you listen to my uh, last episode where I had uh, Daniel Zaldivar on, he was actually 50-50 at deciding, and he and uh, he put on social media that he actually agreed with the the draw decision. So I don't know, I don't know. I, uh, I I'm not used to that, you know. Like I watched UFC Pittsburgh, and <laughs> there was uh, seven KOs and one submission from the entire card, so which was like more than half of the fights. So I'm not too used to controversial judging decisions. Although, you know, people will will if you think about recent history, they'll bring up the Amanda Nunes Shevchenko. Uh, second fight, but uh, hey, you know, that's why you gotta finish, like they say, never leave it to the judges. But anyway, what did you think? If you saw it, let me know, uh, add any details, and uh, I'll check in on you later. Thanks. What's up, Eddie? This is your bro. Just want to let you know, my opinion is this he lost the first round, next three rounds were Canelo. I think going into the sixth round, they were probably dead even. Um, the next three rounds up into the ninth round, and I think I text you, he was down. And then the tenth round, the tenth round and eleventh round, tenth, uh, eleventh, and tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. I would say, yeah, because I, you know, his corner was pretty much telling him in a in their way, you're losing. And now at the end of the ninth round, they were telling him, you're losing. So he sw he went for the fences, and he put up a good, you know, it was a good finish. But there's no question in my mind that Triple G won that fight. No question at all. All right, so thanks, Mark, for calling in and giving me that breakdown for the, for the podcast. Uh, and that's pretty much a consensus, too, what I'm getting from the guys at Front Proof Media. Um, I actually got a response from Daniel. On social media, Daniel was on the podcast last Wednesday when we uh, did like a preview for the for the boxing match that uh, everybody's talking about. Um, and I'm actually watching it right now, the ninth round that my brother just mentioned. Um, I can see it, what, what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean the pressure's on. He's running a little more, but anyway, I'm, I'm literally watching it as I'm recording this. But um, so either way, I mean it was obviously if you bought this pay per view. For the entertainment and the competitive aspects of it, you got your money's worth. But what marred it, obviously, was the uh, the poor judging. I really don't know, so I mean, I kind of know. So Adelaide Bird, if you haven't picked up on it yet or haven't read anything by the time you've listened to this, is the wife of uh, Robert Bird. He's the referee that uh, ref. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame referee in boxing that ref the uh, Mayweather-McGregor 
about in the same arena, um, in the same town. So she's not the best judge. I really don't, really don't know what her uh, credentials are. I know there's a uh, explaining uh, her horrible scoring, but um, I, I, my question would be more is what makes her. So I don't mean to stutter, but it's uh, it's like a, just a half an hour before midnight. I gotta be up at 6 a.m. for get my own ass to training. But my question for her would be, uh, what are your qualifications that allow you to make a judge? And she's not only done, she has not only done this in boxing. I mean, there's several incidences where she has um, the Sun has a an article out on her because uh, obviously a lot of people are just like you know like you you ruined you ruined this for for boxing fans with this horrible scoring. So even George Foreman commented on it, congratulated the fighters on, on Twitter. He tweeted out like I don't come to the I didn't come to watch see judges do a bad job. I came to watch fighters fight and he congratulated all the competitors. And uh, if anybody's opinion matters most, it's obviously somebody like George Foreman. But um so yeah the consensus is that Triple G won and uh, I agree with my brother. Um, and for the record, I went full Mexican. If you listen to last week's episode, I wanted Canelo to win, but obviously, I mean, yeah, I can see the pressure. Uh, I can see why Daniel agrees with the draw because there's some there's some exchanges where uh, Triple G was pressuring and uh, Canelo countered nicely. So um, I feel like you know every time boxing tries, you know, it's it's these uh, the this good old boy network that runs it uh, that ruins it so it was a good it was a good matchup so never mind the poor judging you know what maybe they'll do it again and maybe we'll, we'll be lucky enough that they do it again uh, maybe, maybe they'll do it in New York you know Madison Square Garden the original mecca of boxing right who knows if, uh, if they do I'm sure the guys from Front Proof Media will fly in to cover it and I'll have to be the uh, goddamn uh, attache again for these ball bags that aren't from around here that likes to see all the touristy nonsense. So that's it for boxing. Let's recap uh, the MMA from this weekend. Alright, so it was obviously an awesome weekend if you're a fight fan in general. Whether it be boxing or MMA, you had it all. You had a lot, actually, especially if you're uh, uh, obviously, Saturday was a big boxing day for boxing fans. I'm sure there's some stuff going on Friday night. But um, for me, so, you know, September 16th is Mexican Independence Day. And if you're Mexican like I am and my brother are, you uh, look forward to it doubly for the big fights. And uh, for him, triply, because it was also his birthday. But um, so Friday night, Combate Americas had their uh, 17th event, Combate 17. Um, it was in the Redlands, California. Uh, uh, the, I only got to catch the uh, Azteca. I, I have a criticism about Combate America. As much as I, I like what they're doing, and the fighters are all scrappers, if you watch any of their events, I mean, everybody that fights there is... Uh, actually, uh, John Castaneda was on one of the, uh, the uh, Tuesday Night Contender Series, Dana White's, on uh, UFC Fight Pass. He's a bantamweight, and uh, I think he, he fluctuates between bantamweight, featherweight. I forgot what he fought at on, on Contender Series. I think he's generally fights at 135, though. Um, but he was 
he's uh, one of their uh, top guys that they they had a big push for him. Um, they actually were going to uh, make a title. Uh, sadly for him, the first t event they had, they were going to they were going to crown a champion, um, and uh, his opponent's name. I don't know why it's slipping my mind now. I didn't mean to talk about that. I got to check my notes, or I should have noted it. I wasn't going to bring him up. But anyway, just to, for reference, Combate Americas, it's like the Latino-themed uh, MMA promotion, but, um, you know, they're, uh, they're growing fast. Um, and they had that event, so I only caught the, the two or three fights they showed on the uh, Azteca TV broadcast. And uh, the, the main event obviously was on there with uh, uh, Jose Froggy Estrada beating his opponent. Um, he uh, got a first round TKO. Um, so I think he's, that makes him 4-0 now, or he's 3-0. I forget the, the record, but uh, that was, uh, and then Ben Enriquez, uh, excuse me, Brenda Enriquez got a unanimous decision win defeat with the ladies fighting on their cards so they got women and men and um it's really good i mean you should definitely check out combate americas they're on azteca tv and espn uh three um and uh, and, uh, and on fight tv so my criticism about them is that like there's too many places to watch it so when something happens i'm not sure where to tune in and what time um so i mean I love those guys. I love Camel McLaren and everybody over there and, and the, the athletes. But uh, like, you got to get something steady so we can tune in and, and you can build that viewership up. That's my opinion, though. I mean, I'm not a professional marketer like McLaren is, but yeah, definitely check out uh, Combate Americas. They're probably going to go overseas for their next event. Um, but it was good, man. They got some good athletes there, so definitely follow up with them. But uh, obviously, the big MMA event for the weekend. Uh, UFC Pittsburgh from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, there was a lot of good stuff on that one, so we'll talk about that next. All right, so UFC Pittsburgh is Ultimate Fight Night 116, I believe. Is there the number on it? Either way, uh, man, I'll tell you what. They didn't market this card good. They didn't even do ceremonial weigh-ins, or, or did they? I don't even know. I don't think they did. Um, it was poor. If you if you didn't know about it, it's because you can blame the UFC. They probably blew their load on on Mayweather McGregor as far as marketing and advertising. So it wasn't a really heavily advertised event, and they generally kind of. It's been. I mean, in their whole history, they've always taken a back seat when there's a big boxing event on that usually will throw an event a free event on a saturday if there's boxing that same day it's like they don't like to step on their toes and obviously now that they're in business or they've been in bed with boxing uh, they're really going to try not to step on their toes but man if you missed if you have a problem with judging and judges after the triple g thing take it take the time to look for the UFC Pittsburgh event that happened. I hope I hope FS1 replays it. Obviously, if you have Fight Pass, it'll be on there uh, probably the, in 30 days. I think that's the, the wait time you have to wait for that. But man, seven seven KO TKOs, a submission. I mean, judges in Pittsburgh had a light night, so there wasn't anyone there to, to poorly judge anything on the uh, the uh, MMA side of things this weekend um with the exception of there was one fight 
Justin let it, uh, he defe defeated uh, Zhu Anyanwu, um, heavyweights, believe they're heavyweights, have to be heavyweights, uh, it was a split decision, that was the only odd, I mean, I don't disagree with it being a split decision, I mean, the, first of all, Anyanwu was like literally a last, last, last minute alternate for Ledet, which, uh, I, the thing about uh, Justin Ledet that I, I didn't appreciate was like, you got this guy coming in last minute to fight you, and, um, you really, uh, you really, uh, he's like, you know, uh, teasing the guy and laughing at him and pointing finger. I'm like, this guy, this guy's doing you a favor. I mean, you could have just not fought tonight and risk not uh, getting paid because, I mean, you've heard about when these fights don't fall through, the one guy that's ready is always searching and wondering about money. So, I mean, I don't know how that side of things is handled, you know, because uh, obviously sometimes people get paid, sometimes people don't, sometimes people wait forever for a check when a mishap like that happens, but you, the mishap is erased when you get an opponent, obviously, so, and you're gonna, like, tease this guy, I, I didn't think that was right, um, that's just my opinion, though, but, um, man, some of the, some of the KOs on this card, um, the first one that kicked off the broadcast, Gilbert Ver Burns against Jason Sago, in the second round, uh, I mean, he just kept throwing this overhand right that eventually hit Sago and just literally shut him off. Uh, and I, I used that term a lot on Twitter when I was live tweeting the event from my own account because all social accounts on Front Proof Media were busy with boxing. Um, another one, uh, bad knockout, Kamaro Usman. Uh, he knocked out Sergio Moraes. I don't know if he meant to roll into like that inverted guard position uh, as a as like a muscle memory reaction, but it, it by doing getting hit and then not going on the floor and doing that, it made the knockout look maybe worse than it was. I don't know. We'll we'll see those injury reports and suspensions, uh, medical suspensions soon enough to know how bad it was. But um, yeah, lots of knockouts. Um, I'm trying to think of there's any other really good highlight ones. One was a little weird. The Anthony Hamilton one was an odd stoppage. Uh, I don't know if that. I feel like Anthony Hamilton was all right, but odd stoppage. Uh, uh, and then obviously the main event. <sighs> I know I had David Branch pick to win, and if you watch the fight, first round he almost he was doing it, um, and then uh, second round obviously Luke Rockhold turned things around and was able to get a TKO. Um, Branch didn't admit it. I mean, he said uh, he messed up in the clinch or he didn't follow his game plan in one of the post-fight interviews. I think it's on MMA Junkie. Um, but uh, I think when he came so close to finishing uh, Rockhold, the adrenaline dump came. Um, you know what I mean? Like he, he uh, and he's not somebody because he's, 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 his conditioning is always, if you watch any of his fights, his conditioning is solid. Um, however, David Branch is uh, no slouch. Um, you know, he had, was it 11 or 12 straight victories? I'm talking like, and it, and it was probably one of the busier fighters in the last year. Um, definitely, obviously, been fighting more than Luke Rockhold was. Luke Rockhold was nursing his, uh, his knee injury. Um, so... Um, you know, there is a such thing as uh, burnout and stuff, and obviously, I mean, Branch gets to the UFC and automatically gets himself in the top 10, um, simply because of the work he's put in, 
in the World Series of Fighting. The fact that he held two titles there, middleweight and uh, light heavyweight, and then he's gunning for the for the UFC's crown for the middleweight division, which is already at a at a weird place. It's just in a weird place. Um, that's actually my most listened to episode where I talk about the middleweight division. Um, I think it's called "What's Up with Middleweight" or something. You can check it out over at the uh, the MMA Afterthought podcast. It's iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, um, and you can listen to where I address all those problems there. And oddly enough, um, uh, just to get back to David Branch, so the second round, um, I think it he uh, it just might have been too much. Not that he's mentally weak or anything. I got. I mean, I, I really. I wrote an article about David Branch, so I think he's really underrated. It's it's called Underrated David Branch over at FrontProofMedia.com. Um, go over there and just read it. The, the guy's an accomplished fighter. He's a black belt under Henzo Gracie. Um, you know, uh, I just think he might have worn himself out. So um, it's only his second fight back in the UFC. So I th- I really think he can stay in the contenders picture, but not for nothing. Um, with the whole Michael Bisping GSP thing, uh, when Luke Rockhold won, I kind of appreciated how he addressed the, the, the middleweight division issue. I mean, you got an interim champ, Robert Whitaker, that's got to wait on GSP and Bisping to fight. And then, then the UFC has to figure out if the winner of that fight is, is big enough to sell Whitaker versus the winner of that fight. Um, unless there's a bigger money fight, and then, you know, like, it's a mess. And then Rockhold trying to get get his revenge against Bisping, but he also wants a belt back, so depending, you know, there's too many what-ifs that, that have to happen before we get a resolution there, uh, which uh, I wouldn't blame him if he was made the switch to light heavyweight uh, simply just to, because it's a, there's a clearer... There's a clearer finish line there than there is in his own division, and obviously him and Daniel Cormier are, are uh, you know, uh, training partners and friends, and it's you know it's like that unwritten dojo code you don't you don't want to compete against your own teammates, um, so uh, I don't blame him if he's I don't blame Luke Rockhold for being f- frustrated. Um, I didn't have him pick to win, so hey, usually I'm like 60% accurate with my picks, 70 maybe. But um, anyway, you can read all the recaps of everything I've discussed uh, tonight with the um, Triple G, Canelo, and UFC Pittsburgh over at FrontProofMedia.com. There's full results there for the uh, for all these events. So go check it out. And um, if you'd like to help out this podcast and support future endeavors, check out my website, TheBlogBoardJungle.com. Um, when you want to shop on Amazon and just click on any of the Amazon links there and, uh, you know, you'll get what you need. I'll get what I need and we all get what we need. Um, and that's it. You can follow me on Twitter at Carbazel. And this was the MMA Afterthought Podcast. Have a good night. Hope you have a good Monday. Peace.